you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one story at a time. I'm Calvin. I have seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've seen a lot of Star Wars just this weekend. And I'm Andy. And I've seen, I don't know why I was doing an accent. Um, I've seen <laughs> Star Wars. I've seen some. There's been a little bit on my radar. Yeah. Just a smidgen. I don't we know. Gotta, it's, we been gotta... a, it's been a Star Wars celebration weekend. So lots of, lots of announcements to just kind of talk about there. Yeah. What were you going to say, Andy? I yeah we watched the Bad Batch trailer I watched the Andor trailer even though it's been out for a bit but it's because a while ago Calvin was like oh you can watch it 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 mean it meant nothing to me I I was like I don't know who this yeah, is but that looks fun. fun we saw Mon Mothma who is a wonderful character Mon Milfma no <laughs> Milf I like not the milf. <laughs> Calvin, you're you're coming up on Andy for lusting over women in, on the podcast. Mothma <laughs> has been historically underutilized, so like, I mean, I'm just ready for Mon Mothma content. Yeah, I mean, she fa- she got that shit cut from uh, Revenge of the Sith. She was like yeah. chief of state for thirty years in uh in Legends. Exactly, exactly. She's awesome. Anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got the Andor trailer, but um, seeing as Andy doesn't know a whole lot about that. I mean, it was fun. We got, uh, you know, Stellan Skarsgård was there. The guy who played Kyburn in Game of Thrones was there. It's Diego Luna in a really good role. As we said, Genevieve yeah, O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. But Bad, Bad Batch. Batch trailer. Wait, can I do my Starbucks drink first? Yes. Y- yes. Okay, so I think that this is silly and goofy. I think that this is such a weird one to do, but I want to do the Starbucks drink for uh, Ewan McGregor's daughter <laughs> in this episode that we're watching. Yeah. So she appears in... So we're, we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch trailer, but we're also talking about part two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and yeah, so there's like this this girl who shows up rocking this like pink orange mullet and is oh, like I see. offering Obi-Wan drugs <laughs> and as you mentioned played by Ewan McGregor's daughter yes I did um, not know that I thought Andy was doing a bit no no that's that's the truth no that's it's true awesome so she is getting okay so first of all I want to say uh Starbucks will be dropping a new refresher so I don't want to like spoil it because I'm excited for the new refresher I think she would get that if it was available to her, but since it's not, uh, she would be getting the mango dragon fruit refresher with lemonade, raspberry syrup, blended with extra ice, so it's like a slushy, and then get vanilla sweet cream cold foam with strawberry puree in it. Um, because it's like this very like pinky, purpley, like bright, like electric color, and then with the like pink cold foam on top. Um, and in uh, probably in a reusable cup because girly looks gay and gay people care about the environment and bring their own cups to Starbucks. <laughs> I, I have a horrible fact to share just about the name of the drink, which is that refresher means bathroom in Star Wars. That's f- mm, yummy, yum, <laughs> <laughs> yummy, yum, yum. Okay. Really? I didn't know that. That's silly. Yeah, That's well, goofy. Star Wars, Star Wars does. So Star Wars has a weird relationship with naming things and having them be spacey versus like just calling a duck a duck and refresher is one of those that go tends towards the more like this sounds like star trek side mm-hmm. but yeah like jizz yes so yeah the bad batch season two trailer yeah i was watching that like a crazy person i was literally like if they flash a single character for a second, I want to see it. I was like, yeah. I need yeah. to, I need to look at this frame by fucking frame. I yeah. yeah, it was easily my most anticipated thing of the weekend. 
everything else was sort of a nice surprise. Any of the stuff we saw or yeah. didn't see. But uh, I I was just I was so excited for older Omega. <laughs> she looks yeah. good. I love her new hair. She, I was like, my baby. No, also, my baby. I like that they're. I really like that they are modifying their armor because I thought yes. like about midway yeah. through season one, I was like, OK, they're running around in their full Republic trooper gear. And I know it's not regulation standard, so they're getting away with it. But like they got to do something. And I love I, I choose to believe that Omega's painting the color on. Who else but uh, Omega would do that orange and blue? Yeah. Wrecker. No, she would tell him what to do. She'd be like, we're painting it. This is how we're painting it. Hunter um, has a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm really excited. It definitely looks like they are headed towards, you know, fucking around with saving other clones. With yeah, they're Rex. doing the shit that I'm talking about. I wanted yes, them to do. Yeah. I yeah. Was, did you notice? So the cel- an interesting thing. The folks in the celebration panel got a different trailer that was like differently edited that made this more explicit. There's like leaked recordings of it. Um, but there's a clone with crosshair. Uh, did you notice who that was? No, no, this is, is this the clone with like cropped hair and, and sort of gray armor? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell who that was. Is commander Cody. Really? Yeah. Cause I was like, this is kind of generic clone hair. So I was like, I can't tell. Yeah, if this is if this is someone we know or not, he's addressed by name, and there's a scene with him and Crosshair at the uh, the clone memorial on Coruscant, where Ahsoka gets chased around in Clone Wars. In that other trailer, we didn't get, but there's several shots of him in here with his like he's he's still got his old clone armor uh, that was formerly orange, and he's he's got his visor and his like shoulder thing and the scars. It's definitely Commander Cody. That's so exciting. This is people wanted this for Kenobi. People wanted uh, Cody to be still around and in the show. And who knows? He may yet be. But I mean, we got Tamara Morrison in this episode. So, yes, which is given what Bad Batch seems to be doing, the Cody thing. And then did you notice? So like all those minor guys in the trailer, they really look like clone cadets to me. They really yeah, look yeah, like teenage I clones. I agree. Well, my thing, too, is that I, we haven't actually in Clone Wars. I feel like they haven't shown us. Like, I, I literally watching this, I was like, they kind of look like Boba. And Boba's yeah. the only teenage, like, clone that we've seen. Because all of the clone cadets we've seen were, like, little. Were, like, yeah. little They're kids. They're based off Daniel Logan in Attack of the Clones. Like, yes. 10-year-old uh, clones. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, but I noticed that, too. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, and that, because that is a huge question. Because not all the clones that existed were done training. Yeah, so we see, and we'll like Calvin said, we'll we'll discuss a bit. We see an older clone, probably a generation one, in the Kenobi show, which has fascinating implications because we saw that came out on Friday, and I was like, "Holy shit, that is so wild!" Given what I think is going to happen at Bad Batch, and then to have Bad Batch double down on the fact that they're addressing what's going on with the clones with this clone veteran, we see is insane. I'm so interested in where this story is going. I'm like so much more invested in the clones post podcast. Like Andy's Andy's really got me on the train now. And with Bad Batch existing, it's just like, okay, uh, this is easily my most anticipated story thread that they haven't addressed. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited that 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 watching I watched that uh, trailer quite a few times because I was so pumped. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I mean, like, is the like the Bad Batch is going to like sneak onto Coruscant, right? Like I saw Omega watching Palpatine's speech. Well, and they showed in Palpatine a similar in area. his Senate chamber, which yeah. means yeah. that which either implies that Omega and thus probably the Bad Batch are on Coruscant in the Senate chamber or that Palpatine has gone somewhere else to deliver that speech. But it was the it was the pod. I, it was I think the pod. that. I think that means that there's something they need on Coruscant that has to do in with the, the clones. Senate building. Exactly. In well, Palpatine's and, office, probably. And you can see on the screen behind him are pictures of Camino. That like, is really interesting to me, given what uh, especially Bale says, like the, the Imperial Senate is not being told the truth by anyone. 
Like Bale is not telling them about Leia being kidnapped. We will see later instances of Imperial Army stuff being lied about to the Senate. So I'm fascinated as to what they will spin the destruction of Kamino as. Maybe they'll say there was a rebellion and they'll use that to like justify their getting rid of clones. Exactly. That would be such a good way of like incorporating legends content. Yes. I that totally would be agree. Really cool. Because <laughs> I don't want I don't want them to do just the old, oh, there was once a clone rebellion, it got put down. I, I would love though for that to be the official history. Like that, that's a yes. that's a good subversion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, that got me so excited for it. I am so I'm so ready for Bad Batch, y'all. But Calvin, um, did you get that tweet I sent you about Gunji? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Wookiee no, Jedi. Like, I mean, Glup Shido is, I think, one of my favorite Star Wars memes. But yes, that Wookiee Jedi like was like nine out of ten, probably gun. Oh, yeah. The youngling from season five, which does make me sad because all his friends are clearly dead. But, but uh, at least Gunji survived. Yeah. And and, and I, I only like checked once, but I think that that was Chewbacca that we saw. No, no. I think it's Tarful. He had the shoulder pads when I paused it. Okay, the hair didn't look as dark as Tarful's is on. No, they still can't fucking animate Wookiees. Uh, okay. I was thinking about Rebels <laughs> earlier. Okay, because he, yeah, because awful Wookiees. Like, like the main thing that I remember seeing is like the 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 sash thing that I know Chewbacca I, has something similar. Yeah, and then I not, remember the fur color being a lighter brown than a darker brown. And I it's know not that Tarful has the brown black rather than Chewbacca has just like a regular brown. Yeah, it's definitely not Chewbacca. It may not be Tarful. It's definitely an adult Wookiee, though, and there's a forest behind him. So I think you're right about. So going it's going to gonna be fucking Kashyyyk. I love Kashyyyk, guys. I think that <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that my Kashyyyk is why it's Ryloth. Yep. Like I was screaming when we got Kashyyyk in Jedi Fallen Order. It is Kashyyyk is the Kashyyyk bit is like my favorite part of that game. Um, so it's like, yeah, let's get Gunji and let's incorporate the old, um, scrapped story arc of Clone Wars where the Bad Batch went to Kashyyyk. Because like right now with Kashyyyk, the Empire is like draining it of its resources. There yeah. are refineries and shit and, we've and seen... enslaved Wookiees yep. and... Like we need a Kashyyyk liberation. Well, and that's the thing. So with the the liberation, the the uh, the exploitation of Ryloth is interesting because in Legends they in Legends they did that thing where they make they took one individual. So the first Twi'lek we saw was a slave girl. So culturally, Twi'leks were like a lot of the times enslaved. That is thankfully gone in new canon. <laughs> but the Wookies being used as imperial laborers for their strength is an interesting thing and has always been there and i'm glad they're still dealing with it it shows up in so (laughs) much star wars media yep all right should we get to kenobi we should yeah let's get to kenobi because episode two was great yes so kenobi episode two we open on obi-wan kenobi coming down to the planet dayu to find young princess leia organa he wanders the streets and he runs into a clone veteran. Yes. After being told that he can't like do any uh, tracking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because Dayu is a planet of smugglers and they all want to keep their privacy. But clone it's, incog- it's incognito mode, the planet. The crazy thing about this clone, and we we talked about this a little last week, not not on the podcast, just as people. He's wearing blue armor. So the assumption <laughs> is that this clone was in the 501st, and he interacts with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And to be honest, like, Obi-Wan has, he's changed a lot, but I don't think he's unrecognizable. So it's interesting that this clone, like, doesn't recognize him, because I feel like the 501st spent a lot of time with Kenobi. But whatever, you know, it happens. This guy is sad. It is very sad. I think the thing, too, is that um, I think Star Wars does a really good job about reflecting the fucked up things that exist in our world, in their world. And like, this is one of those things. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars. Star Wars started as an anti-Vietnam War thing. Like George Lucas was an anti-war protester in the 60s. I don't know if he protested, but he was an anti-war guy in the 60s. And the 
part of what the empire is, is Nixon's America. That's originally part of what it was based off of. So I love, I like, love what you're saying is it's the through line to the more modern version of the mistreatment of veterans. Well, I mean, even then, like there are, yeah, it's the mistreatment of veterans. There are veterans from the Vietnam War who are homeless today. They're old. And it's really sad and it's messed up. And, you know, just as, you know, the clones sort of, they gave their life. They like literally, and I mean, in an even more extreme sense, because they were born to fight for uh, the Republic. Many of them gave their lives to fight for the Republic. And then when they were no longer useful, they were more or less disposed of. I was thinking that there was going to be like a complete clone genocide. Personally, I've kind of been thinking that that's where they were going in Bad Batch is like just kill all the clones. But if this clone exists and he's on the streets just begging, I don't know, maybe at this point they're like, I don't know. So so I'm like, scratch the genocide. I don't think they're going to kill the clones, but maybe it's not they're, fully off the table. We'll they're see. clearly like getting drummed out of service like they're they're yes. discarded by the empire bad batch season two trailer showing those cl- potentially those clones in the mines makes me think that they're just sort of they are essentially made done the same as the wookies where they are just used for whatever the empire thinks is useful and discarded when they're done with them i am i am fascinated that he's still alive though like just a, a regular clone a grunt in basic 501st armor but i I said this uh, to torture Andy right after we stopped recording last time, uh, and I know they've been thinking about it all weekend, which is that his armor should have been imperial white, which makes me think he repainted it into the colors to recapture sort of like the days, the good old days, basically. But he doesn't have any brothers and he's not part of anything anymore. So he's just this poor. I I also didn't notice this the first time. I do like that Obi-Wan does give him credits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Obi-Wan's react like it because this is Obi-Wan's show and Obi-Wan's reaction is to seeing the troopers that killed all the Jedi. His last experience with the 501st was fighting them at the Jedi Temple before he went into hiding. He doesn't know about the chip. He doesn't know anything about like what went on with the clones. And I, I it's one of several examples of Obi-Wan's compassion that we see in this episode that I thought was a really nice touch. Yeah, to be honest, that was the thing you said last week that tortured me, was the fact that Obi-Wan doesn't know about, or at least, no, he definitely does. He doesn't know about Rex. He doesn't know about the chip. He doesn't know that Rex got his chip removed. He doesn't know, to him, his friends just, like, turned on them and, and started killing his family. And Obi-Wan was never as close with the clones as Anakin was. But still, Rex, Rex, Cody tried to kill him. He witnessed that. Like he 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 heard him give orders even after he survived to, to like hunt him down and kill him. Rex, he thinks is either dead or a servant of the Empire. Ahsoka, he thinks is dead. Anakin is, well, Anakin is dead to him until the end of this very episode. So like it, I really enjoyed the sort of reminders scattered of the prequel era through this episode and how they've been reforged and reformatted. Uh, Another example being the Inquisitors. Because we learn their origins in this episode, which I was glad about because I know it because comics and and stuff has established who they are. Uh, But they're they're former Jedi. We learn we were like we've seen some survivors of Order 66, but we're now seeing sort of the other side of that coin is is I've noticed that in canon Order 66 survivors tend to be young Padawans or younglings or because their masters try to save them. And. I think that's interesting to see the sort of young, more easily corrupted Jedi become Darksiders. I think the Grand Inquisitor is the only one who I think was like in canon and experienced he's just a guy he 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 just went for the power so so all right we see the clone we see we see the clone we meet uh even mcgregor's daughter who tries to sell him drugs and then just gives him drugs yeah and then we meet which is a strategy real drug dealers sometimes use with the hard stuff because if they can hook you you'll come back exactly 
<coughs> and then we meet um, um, Kumail uh, Nanjiani, Nanjiani, who is Haja Estri. Oh, Jedi. My friend, my friend Jedi. was like, "It's Taika Waititi," and I was like, "No, no, that no. is Kumail Nanjiani." No, no. And I was like, "We we just watched Kumail Nanjiani in this like silly murder show on Netflix." Oh, so I was like, no. we literally, yes. we literally know just you're watched about. that episode, and I was like, "Why? How do you? How did you forget?" It was Taika plays another character in Star Wars, uh, but he helps a woman and her force sensitive son. Um, to get off planet, even though he's faking his Jedi powers, he does you know, help them to escape the crush no, of the Empire. He's really cool. I like this character a lot. I hope that this wasn't like a little character that shows up in this episode just so people can be like, oh, my God, we love this actor. Oh, my God, he's so silly and fun. And then never show up again. Because I really liked him. I thought he was really, he was really fun. I love the idea of like a good guy, bad guy, you know, like a bad guy, good guy. Like he's good and his intentions are good and he's doing good things. But also he's got a little bit of like, but there's got to be something in it for me. And he's like silly, goofy. I just can't, I cannot get over what an insane con pretending to be a Jedi is in Imperial territory. Yeah. Oh, I know. Even with just like the easily provable use of magnets, like that's gonna. Like, I, I, I also can't believe I know Reva was in a hurry. I can't believe she didn't kill him at the end. Like that was that he's a killable dude. You you got to stab the guy <laughs> like. Yeah, <laughs> he is a very killable dude. Well, and and what the Grand Inquisitor talks about in the first episode about Jedi sort of being they can't help being themselves. The reason the Inquisitors want to squash that out is that it inspires hope. and. Haja is helping people. Like Calvin said, he genuinely does get new canon Corrin Horn and his mom off to Corellia. New canon what? Uh, a character. His The boy's name is Corrin. Corrin Horn is an old EU character. It's just sort of a little nod, but they've they've sort of implied that that's him in the new canon, uh, which oh. is funny. I saw that play out on Twitter. Corrin Horn is kind of famous for being a bit insufferable in the old books. So there was some like, no, why is he back? <laughs> that Good. is absolutely fascinating. I, the, the like little nods in this series are wild. Well, I mean, there I saw something about some article that Deborah Chow did where she said, like, you can't just go and contradict what they say in some video game somewhere because that's, a, you know, that's a little bit established lore. And so I really and she's like. She needs to hit Dave upside the head. Yeah. I mean, like, things are... I haven't seen explicit stuff, but, like, you know, this goes in exactly, like, the Inquisitors track with where they were in Jedi Fallen Order. They track with where they're going to be, and... But, like... Their fortress is... That we've seen in the trailers is directly out of Fallen Order. Exactly, yeah. And it's, like... Although I would not be shocked if... We've seen this before, where it showed up in Fallen Order first, but was developed for Kenobi. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's cool to see, that, especially for us, the fucking Chronological Order podcast, to see things actually work together instead of having to sort of squint at it. And that's the that was sort of the original promise of the Disney era and the new canon. And there's been some bumps. There's been some some things that have not necessarily worked out of trying to do that storytelling. But I think we're seeing this era, the Imperial, the prequel to Imperial to original trilogy era is the best done out of all of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you you have to say yes, Andy, because we haven't let you go further. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. excited to see other Disney stuff. Yep. But, uh, you know. Haja leads Kenobi into what basically is a Star Wars meth lab. I was just about to say, like, it's fa- I almost said fantasy meth lab, LOL. Uh, sci-fi meth lab. Very fun, where he dumps the yeah. uh, the drugs that his daughter gave him. Well, no, he uses those later, right? Yes. Oh, he does. He yeah. does. He, he does. Just, what he did he breaks, do? He breaks some unrelated drugs. He yeah. just puts unrelated some chemicals drugs. on a fire. To, yeah, you're to right, create you're right, you're right. a distraction. He goes into he the does, back, beats some people up with his fists because he's he does everything Kenobi. your high school chemistry teacher told you not to on the first day. Okay, but I really want to talk about the guys <clears throat> that he beats up because d- y'all, there's a guy from. I'm pretty sure that's a guy from Dathomir. That yeah, he that's a brack. One of them was a brack. That yep. was crazy. Um, and and my Z- friend, I was like, like within yeah, no. Star Wars, Zabrax can come from two different places. 
there are Dathomirian Zabraks, and there are another type of Zabrak, because there's a Zabrak Jedi who is from the other other place. place. Yeah, and he doesn't have a Night Brother coloring. Which to me is yeah. is means he's probably just a guy. But it is I always love when they do aliens. So I was like, oh, it's a brack. And then he they got the shit beat out of him. <laughs> yes, yes. But I also think Not this is kind of a thing that we've, we've we touched on in the Han solo movie. Is that it's weird when there are no aliens. Like this is a world where there are many aliens, not everyone is a human. So I, I like that. I feel, and I feel like they they did a lot of aliens. Yeah, in this there was particular a one guy, episode. There was a guy who is a dinosaur. No notes. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> no notes. Obsess. <laughs> yeah, Kaya, Kaya, my partner who loves lizards and dinosaurs, was just like that guy's a dinosaur, and I was like, yeah, in, indeed he is, and he's got a gun, and he's got a gun, babe. Look at that. He dies. Obi Wan shoots him. I noticed that the second time. But yeah. uh, long live Dino Bounty Hunter. Yeah. This is so good. Um, yeah, the al- the alien designs and that one guy later who Leia runs under who is just like a V, like le- these long legs leading up to a, uh, this weird body up top. That was very, it was very good. I couldn't stop thinking about how fun it would have been to just be like an extra who has to get like, who has to spend like half the day getting into crazy alien makeup just to like walk around on set. Oh man, what a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so but then- he so gets captured. Obi-Wan gets captured by the by bassist from, Flea <laughs> from Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is still funny. You know what I realized? This is, later. This, this is the second bassist that we have gotten in Star Wars so far. Wait, who is the other one? Because the guy, the guy in Book of Boba Fett, the droid, um, or, or the 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 modifier guy. Oh my God! Yes, they keep putting musicians in. That is so. It's yeah. so fun. <laughs> this isn't spoilers, but like. I mean, it kind of is, but like you don't fucking know what we're talking about. Did you know Ed um, Sheeran was in Ed Sheeran was in Game of Thrones? <laughs> Real fact. I hate I when they do that. that. I well, so mostly in Star Wars, they let they're either a new character or they're often helmeted when it's a yeah. cameo. Like they'll let basically anyone be a stormtrooper if you show up on set. But yeah, Daniel Craig was in The Force Awakens. Yes, James he Bond. actually has voice. He actually has voice lines. But uh, yeah, so and then after that, he drops some drugs, gets uh, the bassist and his pals incredibly high. Yeah. Uh, yes. Hey, which this was, is why you don't do drugs in a confined space. This is why I just love they don't really show us like actually high people in Star Wars. Most of the time, it's more like smoking like a, the, the most they show is like a hookah lounge. Yeah. Um, but th- those people were seeing things. I thought Reva was going to kill them all where they were laying on the floor when she Me showed too. up. I was, I was like, you know what? They're, they're slacking on the job. <laughs> I'm on Reva's side. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Obi, Obi-Wan finds, finds Leia and she like tries to fight him or something. Yeah. yeah. She's got a whole escape plan going. She's so fun. I love her. She's such a silly little goose. And then he's just like, child, we're going. <laughs> he's like, all right, kid. We are going. We're leaving. Yeah, their, their whole little dynamic is so fun. So good. I hope they don't, like, get rid of her in the next episode. I will be so sad if they're like, okay, yeah, goodbye, no, I, Leia. I, I, I want this whole show to be series. Obi-Wan and Leia. Yeah, I want this whole show to be Obi-Wan and Leia. I think at, at some point he has to ditch her because I have to imagine he's going to have to deal with Reva and therefore the Inquisitors. So at some point he's got to drop off Leia because she's too important. Yeah. But I don't see that happening for at least another episode or two. But why can't why can't he have her and then have to fight these people and just win and then Leia ends up being fine? I mean, it's because I think from the trailer he's going to end up at that Inquisitor fortress and that is the worst place to take her. But oh. I... I I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not, but uh, yeah, I I think we got at least one more episode of Obi-Wan and Leia shenanigans because they're going to meet Haja's mysterious contacts who we'll talk about later. Yes. Yes. Right. The contact. So So then we cut to the Grand Inquisitor showing up with the fifth brother and another Inquisitor. Is that the seventh sister? No, she is the fourth sister. Okay, Officially. Okay, 
So no one that okay. She's they just show a lady. Up, chew out Riva for you know being impulsive and shit. And then the Grand Inquisitor is incredibly classist. Yeah. We found Yeehaw. you in the gutter. So that well, so it so I think um, Riva I think Riva is one of the Padawans from the initial Order 66 scene. Yes. I think that is too. heavily implied. And I think that is interesting because to me, what that says is that she escaped from the Jedi Temple and then was found by the Inquisitors. Whereas I feel like I don't know how many became Inquisitors, but I feel like if you surrendered and were like, OK, I'll join the dark side, you might have had a better chance at yeah. the temple. But yeah, the common theory is that also, like, how does Reva know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? The common theory is, is that, you know, she was in the Jedi Temple when she saw Vader doing his Order 66 attack on the temple oh, with shit, the 501st. Yes. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. So, like, she just saw him walking down the hall slaughtering kids or he slaughtered them herself himself. But yeah, so that's going to be another flashback. We're going to see somebody. Oh, fuck. Because like, no, because another theory is that we see those kids are the ones that Obi-Wan finds. You mentioned this last episode. Um, Those are the ones that Obi-Wan finds with Yoda. And he's like, blasters didn't make these. Who could, who could have done this? this was. And then so we see that happen. But Reva escapes. She also hates Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan uh, set, like set up the temple beacon to warn all the Jedi away. And so nobody helped her. Nobody was able to come and help her. And Obi-Wan didn't help her because he was too preoccupied being in Revenge of the Sith and like having to go fight Anakin. Yeah, All right, I'm on board. S sold, especially That's because. Insane. Because like we, we sort of now got a little bit out of order, but nobody knows Vader is Anakin and yeah. lives. No, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Like. Like there are novels when characters are like, are you Anakin Skywalker? And Vader's like, you might want to rethink what you just said. And characters are like, must have been a mistake then. Yeah, there's and there are there's several comics where he just straight up straight up kills a guy who figures it out like it's uh, I'm, I haven't read many comics. I'm, yeah, so. I, I've also seen most of this on Twitter. Yeah. But but I know that it, it it's a big deal. And it does also make me think that. So the Grand Inquisitor talks about Reva's ambitions in the scene that we were actually talking about, which I think and he talks about her not like knowing their her station. And it seems to me that the Grand Inquisitor and the fifth brother and the sort of other Inquisitors who we don't really know a whole lot more about are fine in their role. They are Jedi hunters. They have lightsabers. They have cool outfits. They mm -hmm. do not have any ambition to be Sith. And to me, I would not be shocked if Reva wants to be Darth Vader's apprentice. That would make and, sense. And through that, overthrow the Emperor, yada, yada. And she's got also an enormous personal chip on her shoulder to, like, prove that she's better than the Inquisitors because they hate her. They think she's nothing. And I would not be shocked if they don't know her origins as a Jedi Padawan. They just picked her up off the street doing harm with the dark side of the forest. And we're like, hey, we could do we could use you. So Reva, you know, s says fuck you to the Grand Inquisitor by putting a bounty on Kenobi, which. So know. funny, genuinely yeah. hilarious. I'm it is not also, going to catch him. I'm going to squeeze him. It's also really funny that it is a Revenge of the Sith promo shot of Obi-Wan that they oh, use. Absolutely. So, like, yeah. I've seen that photo a million times on, like, merch or or, or stuff. So, like, <laughs> it's funny that in-universe, that photo of Obi-Wan, that's just his, like, Jedi ID photo. I will say, though, Grand Inquisitor, get your shit together. I cannot believe he just left Reva standing on the street. Like, you know she's going to cause problems. She's been causing problems. He's just like, sit and then she doesn't. I know. I like her a lot. She's a lot of fun. Um, everything about her is interesting and perfect. And she is such like the perfect. The perfect villain. I, I do. I agree that she's a perfect villain for this show, especially leading up to Darth Vader, who, yes, as we. Yeah. Yeah, but like she is not just a Jedi hunter. She's a Jedi hunter with a personal grudge against Kenobi and ambitions, which makes her just like 
more interesting than the Grand Inquisitor or the Fifth Brother who are just doing their jobs. They clock in. It's a nine to five. They kill Jedi. They go home to the family. It's it's that's yeah. that's what they yeah. do. Although I did see a tweet that uh, the Inquisitors are every business who describes themselves as we're not a business. We're a family. We're a family. <laughs> Very true. Um, we get a fun little scene of Kenobi buying Leia a little green cape and she and she like picks up some gloves and he's like, not the gloves. And he's like, OK, I'll buy you the gloves. And I loved that moment. That was one of my favorite moments of this episode. I love I love when she tried to buy she wanted like the bedazzled dress and he was like, we're trying to blend in. He's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. So Leia sort funny. of she forgets she's been kidnapped every few minutes or so because she's yeah. she's mostly like once she gets out, she's just on an adventure. She's doing what she wanted to do. She's yeah. seeing the world. And then like every so often she is reminded, oh, no, we're actually in mortal danger. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cute. But then she realizes once she sees the the like wanted thing from one of the bounty hunters, she realizes like, hey, yo, yeah, you're the reason I was captured. But right before this moment, we get this like, I, I, I also loved this moment when like Leia pulls out Lola and she's like, she was damaged by kidnappers. And Obi-Wan's like, OK, I don't care about that. Good. And then he you know realizes that he kind of said the wrong thing and mm -hmm. he should be nicer to her but then she you know they see the bounty hologram and she's like oh you could be the I kidnapper also, <gasps> i also think it's interesting so that for most of this episode she doesn't like know his last name uh she he's only introduces himself as ben to her which mm -hmm. i think is funny then she knows then she hears obi-wan kenobi possibly at the very end when reva's yelling it yeah, but it's interesting that because I can't really it's interesting to me that she doesn't know exactly that she's not not like, oh, my dad's told me stories about you. But yeah, we get that like cute little chase scene. Yeah, better um, chase scene than the first episode. Oh, my God. Absolutely. That silly, silly, silly chase scene. Yeah, yeah I, I really love their dynamic. I really loved this like silly chase scene. Uh, it, Leia, felt, it I, was like it was very like <laughs> typical like silly Star Wars antics. Leia immediately, I thought when she climbs up the ladder to go to the roofs, so I was like, ah, she's pulling an Omega. And I like that Leia just does the the tiniest little ten year old Spider Man across the roofs, and then encounters an incredibly reasonable gap and can't make it because she's a child. Um, <laughs> I also, know, yeah. Also, Obi Wan noted blaster hater having to use a gun here was really yeah really fun and yeah, but but also though like it's been 10 years so it's like yes yeah sure i'm sure 10 years ago he hated using a gun but now i'm sure it's like second nature to him yeah and you can't whip out a lightsaber anywhere in the galaxy without drawing attention to half the galaxy you're still a legend that doesn't know, that that uh may not have ever existed to the other half you were killed you were killed by yeah. the Empire. There should be no Jedi. No, th there's no way the Jedi are a legend. Like, I don't know what it's like in the originals, but this was only 10 years ago that the Jedi were killed. I feel like that'd be crazy for people to be like. Well, this is sort of why I kind of think that Luke shouldn't have been 19 in A New Hope. My there should have been more time for the Empire to be a thing. My point is timeline. just that there are many people in the galaxy who have never met a Jedi. Like, there are whole planets who never met Jedi. That's what I mean. It's like, if you're on an Outer Rim planet, you've maybe heard about the Jedi in, in the Republic and what they used to do, but you've never met one. So that's what I mean by, like, they they could, they they essentially aren't real. But, yes, okay. Uh, I don't know. It's like, I, there's not a really good Earth equivalent, honestly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then we get sort of, I really like... saves Leia. Yes, but... In doing so, it is clear that that is the first time, really, he's used the Force in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really interesting, given his sort of attempts to contact or interact with Qui-Gon. He keeps talking, he keeps sort of muttering asides to his master. But I, I, it's clear to me that Obi-Wan's grief is causing him to cut himself off from the Force. And... 
that is why he can't connect with Qui-Gon, even though it's been 10 years. And also it was just it's it was just good. You knew it was coming. You knew he was going to use the force. And then once we got to this scenario, you knew he was going to save her. And it was still a moment where it was like, yes, he's back. That well, is that like, where you did your little golf. Yeah, fist pump? I did. <laughs> yeah. The And the actress who plays Leia is so and I know that people are always like, they they say to us in acting school they'll be like never act with children or animals because they'll upstage you but i don't always think child actors are good they might be cute but they're not always good mm-hmm. this child actor is good she's and good i i her. love her her like expression and when she floats down and like doesn't die and like that realization, that discovery of he really is a Jedi. Oh my fucking priceless. And uh, her line delivery is excellent as well, which is sometimes so. I feel like ch- children struggle with. But she hits that balance of sounding like a kid and like believably delivering her lines. And yeah. it's she's fantastic. She's great. I hope um, I hope she plays Leia uh, when she's 15. I like I, I they should keep her I would forever. Love that. I'm going to be honest, I was hesitant like that very first scene that we see her in, uh I wasn't a huge fan right off the bat. But I think that probably what I'm assuming is that is the one scene that we've seen her in where she is acting to not another person. And yeah. every other scene, so she's she's talking to her robot, and I was like, the actor I think is doing the best she can, but there were so it did not feel as like genuine as all her other scenes since have felt, and I think that that probably has to do with the fact that she is acting with real people in the other scenes. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I was like, I totally agree that with that you. one yeah. that first scene isn't her like strongest, just because you know that is the introduction to her character, but like. She's blown me out of the water every single fucking time. I mean, that scene with Organa in the last episode, all of her interactions with both the kidnappers and with Obi-Wan, like, just so, so, like, peak child acting. It is also really funny that you say that specifically about her first scene, because Ewan McGregor famously struggled with CG acting and blue screen in the prequels. And having like no idea what he was uh, talking to. And now that's just a common experience. But Attack of the Clones, which is one of the first ones they really was like. A lot of CG stuff was like one of the first to do it. So I think it's funny that she's now acting with the original guy who had problems with this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't even fathom it like that seems so challenging (laughs) to be like. And now I'm acting to. Yeah, my favorite fun Nothing. fact about uh, is about the Transformers movies is that they hold a a like cardboard cutout of the robot head up on a stick and hold it up at the like general height of the robot. And then like Shia LaBeouf has to act at that. But it is just essentially a pogo stick with a badly drawn robot head on it. There is a video of of Kristen Stewart in the Twilight movies, and she's like supposed to be interacting with um taylor lautner's character jacob as but he's in werewolf form and in the unedited (laughs) video it's it's just like taylor lautner in a green morph suit like she's like rubbing his head it's so funny um yeah yeah, so props to this little girl yeah and then so he rescues leia they continue to flee and they they meet haja again Mm -hmm. but haja Um, helps them yeah again i do love the free this time when the his little kid that he uses to lure in people comes back and is like, we had him. He just goes, ah, that's that's really embarrassing. And then goes off to go hunt him. Yeah. But he doesn't hunt him. He helps him, which is really interesting. And that is why I think there's a double like there's many layers to how interesting his Jedi con is because he's making money for himself. But he seems to have a genuine respect for the Jedi. And to like and for what they stood for it, he's trying in some way to carry that on and bring hope to people. So he does help Obi-Wan. He helps him for free. And and like it's it he should have he would have he would have managed probably to get forgiven for the whole Jedi con thing by the Inquisitors. If he turns in Obi-Wan Kenobi, their white whale. 
fascinating yeah. character. I agree with yeah. you, Andy. I hope we haven't seen the last of him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got he's that. Awesome. I mean, as you said, why these mysterious connections on um, Mapuso? Yes, I that is my sort of like biggest mystery. I don't know what the hell we're in for next episode. Besides, I think Riva trying to take the Grand Inquisitor's job. Wow, well, Riva he killed is. the Grand Inquisitor later on. That man, That's later he on. is absolutely walking that off. And yeah, Deborah, we just did that whole bit about how Deborah Chow is not undoing other things like no this man is this yeah we we we've proven in star wars before that people can um um you know get shot in the gut and be able to be saved so um we're gonna get grand inquisitor in a back yeah, tank he, next he, episode. my friend yeah. my friend gabe who watched this has this whole theory about it but he was like i can't fucking tell you because it would spoil things yeah and he so, was like i hope they're doing what i think they're doing but i can't tell you what i think they're doing because I, then you would know what they're doing i will um, say the grand inquisitor does show up in a story set after this that's what i assumed yeah you know? and like and <laughs> it seemed like and, everyone was familiar with this character and he, he like sure is a pow on with that markings and a british accent and that armor so like unless you're gonna tell me that they got another they just went and recruited another guy who looks exactly like his twin brother like i i assume what's gonna happen like inquisitor story wise is that reva is going to tell the fifth brother and the fourth sister who show up and be like shit our boss is dead that obi-wan did it and then they're going to be like oh shit he's not dead and so they chuck him in a back to tank and he's recovering for his injuries for the whole series in that time reva tries to like take command and bring in kenobi and by the end the grand inquisitor will be fine and that'll be bad news for reva who yeah. i assume is going to have to go even roguer than rogue to like fulfill her vendetta against obi-wan and her ambitions yeah. she is she is rapidly outgrowing the inquisitors yeah to fill in what has happened uh between reva getting the information from haja and grand inquisitor's death obi-wan and leia have been sent to this um yes quote unquote <laughs> death um, i'm doing air quotes on an audio medium obi-wan kenobi and leia have gone to this fully automated cargo transport leia gets on a reva follows them there and she is like being all creepy like obi-wan come out come out wherever you are come out and play and then she's like anakin skywalker is alive and we've already kind of covered that too her line delivery in the scene is bonkers no it's moses ingram and she is incredible like i know it's it's on purpose i'm not i'm yeah, like yeah i'm no i'm more thinking about reva's mental stability i'm not talking about the actor doing a bad job i'm just like yeah. wow reva's nuts no 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 no. i'm complimenting on the actor doing a great job yeah and no she's, she's a fantastic. Great, doing a great job at portraying a nuts person she her like feet her anger and frustration is really coming through the screen in all her scenes yeah the thing that was really tripping me up when watching this is that is that like the realization at the end, like the cliffhanger is like Obi-Wan realizes that like learns that Anakin's alive. And I'm like, that's just kind of silly because it's not like like did, doesn't Anakin fucking say to him like I'm Darth Vader now and then and I get that well, he thinks Anakin's dead because he watched him burn up. But hear me out. Right. It's not like Darth Vader is like. At least to my knowledge, it's not like he's some like hidden man. It's not like they never talk about him. He's like, he's got to be like one of the most powerful people in the fucking empire. And the empire's the most powerful, like political power in the galaxy. So it's like, that doesn't make any sense to me that Obi-Wan hasn't at least heard of Darth Vader. Like they're, they're doing murders, like they're killing people. He's leading the military. And I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense to me that he like, Unless he's just stupid and, like, forgot that Anakin was like, I'm not Anakin, I'm Darth Vader, whatever he says in um, Revenge of the Sith. It's, like, that's so that's so silly to me. And it was, like, a good... I get that they were like, oh, my God, it is, he's alive. But it just was so silly to me. We So I will say we have not seen Darth Vader in any media, really, since besides his... There's some comics and stuff that have him hunting down the Jedi at the very end of the... Uh, at the very beginning of the imperial era some of the stragglers but other than that we don't really know how public he is at this point yeah i think that it's more we see that obi-wan has cut himself off from any reminder of anything that's going on 
He doesn't care what's yeah, going on in the world. incredibly selective information. He does not care what's going on in the world uh, until Luke is old enough to be trained. That's when he's going back into the world. And so that to me is like the in-universe explanation is just he genuinely doesn't know. Tatooine is far enough that he, although he does know about the Inquisitors. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like he knows about anything that would be a danger specifically to Luke. So like Jedi hunters hunting for sensitives, you know, the, the, the Inquisitors, the Inquisitors do hunt down for sensitive children. Um, that has shown up in yeah. media that clearly he has not before this. he has not heard the name Lord Vader. I agree with you, Andy. It's a bit of a stretch. It's a stretch. Yes, it's, it it's really a stretch to me. And I think that if they really wanted it to be like, no one knows about Darth Vader. Darth Vader is a secret at this point in the galaxy. They should have dropped a line in there because clearly the fucking Inquisitors know about Lord, uh, Darth Vader. And yes, so he's their even, he's their boss. So like, I think it would have been good if, to have like a moment where like Reva is like Lord Vader, blah, blah, and then and then the Inquisitors like don't say his name, like don't divulge the or like something like said something like to make it clear that like the knowledge that he even exists is still hush hush. Then I'd be like, this was a strong argument as to why he doesn't know, but it was just really kind of ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know, like I get it and I'm like, whatever, but it just felt, I was like, this was not the, this hinges on such a weird, like string of like, think like so many little things have to fall in place for him to like, never have discovered that Darth Vader exists. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah. it's part of the problem with Tatooine for me, which is that they can't decide how far Tatooine, like whether Tatooine is the most remote place in the universe or a bustling hub of the underground. And so I know. I and know. this has it's been this has been a problem for since they made the originals, because in the original Star Wars, like. I mean, like Jabba the Hutt, I feel like was not as meant to be as big of a figure when he was originally introduced than he is where he's like one of the kingpins of the galactic underworld, therefore making Tatooine a big place. Um, but I am OK with Obi-Wan being sad in the desert, cutting himself off from the past, cutting himself off from any reminder of it, not having heard the name Lord Vader. I'm fine with it. Don't get me wrong. Like, that would have been fine. I, I think that that would have been good. I just think a little more, like, clear exposition of, like, he doesn't know. Because for me, this whole time I'm watching this and I'm like, I don't know. I literally, like, first episode was having a conversation with my friend. And I was like, does he know that Anakin is alive? And my friend was like, he's gotta. And I was like, yeah, he's gotta. And then we watched this and... That that the scene of him, that last shot of him discovering Anakin's alive was me, Andy, discovering that Obi-Wan didn't know Anakin was alive and is now <laughs> discovering that Anakin is alive. And that killed it. And it meant nothing to me. And it was like, wow, all of this like emotional impact that I think this scene was supposed to have and would have had had they done like a little thing so that I knew ahead of time that he had no idea Anakin was alive. And maybe and maybe and this is like maybe a thing of like me watching chronological order versus other people who have seen other things like who have that other bits of context would know. Um, no, yeah. I mean, we, 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 it was, it's, he definitely knows Obi or uh, Darth Vader is alive by the time of the original star Wars. Yeah. Well, I would assume, I would assume. And obviously we're finding out that he found out here 10 years yeah. ago on his mission to rescue Leia. Um, I will say you and McGregor acted the hell out of that uh, both scenes of him realizing that he's alive and then him on the ship saying Anakin's name. So it it is awesome to see you and McGregor act as Obi-Wan again. It's it's as no, good as we great. were hoping. He's um, great. The, in everything Legends, is great. In Legends, he found out that Anakin was alive randomly at a bar on Tatooine because exactly what you said happened. There was an Imperial broadcast that used the name Lord Vader. And so I think the difference in canon is he's not going into bars. He's not interacting with anyone who's not Owen. And so he's not yeah. getting anything. He hasn't gotten a phone call in 10 years. He's cut himself off from anything except being sad, thinking about the force and watching Luke. But it's like he has a job, you know, like I can't. I don't know. It's just there's so it's like so no one in that job talks about like politics. Like I feel I don't know. Tatooine is not crazy. part of the Empire. 
Yeah, but they're not stupid. They're not a part of the empire. Yeah, but, but it's like, not do like... You, would you be discussing essentially the vice president of France? Do you know who the vice president yes, of France is? If the vice president of France was fucking taking over the rest <laughs> of the world, yeah, that I is, would. That is a fair point. But like, I think, I think, but I think that's like, essentially, they're asking you to believe that he didn't hear it. And I, yes. I think that's okay. It's okay. It's like I said, it's okay. And I would have loved to believe that. And I would have loved, I just would have loved like a heads up, you know? Yeah. Or, like, and I think, like I said, that scene, like a scene with Reva or a scene that establishes that the knowledge of Darth Vader being like the right hand man to Palpatine, like that knowledge being a secret would have solidified so much and made that so much better and juicier and uh just a missed opportunity in my humble opinion or like a scene being like tatooine doesn't hear any news of the empire or something i don't know i don't know whatever it is it's just what i personally yeah no, it upset I, I, me it well, upset I me very how, much i can see how believing the other thing would have like led you to be like well this doesn't fucking make any sense mm-hmm so yeah, yeehaw, it's fine, it's okay. Just, you know, I, sometimes Star Wars isn't perfect, and so we just gotta <laughs> accept that they don't see every possible flaw with everything that they do. Well, and it is, an, it is an interesting thing to think of you as closer to a general audience, because every Star Wars fan on Twitter knew that that moment was coming. They knew that Obi-Wan would find out that Anakin wasn't dead, and so we're, like, anticipating the moment. But... I will. I think this episode was, in general, fantastic. So excited for Wednesday. Yeah, why is it Wednesday, not Friday? Uh, because Disney Plus just does things on Wednesday, and the only reason that they did these two episodes on Friday was because they wanted to do the premiere at Star Wars Celebration. But I thought yeah. the other. I thought the other episodes would all be coming out on Fridays. No, they no. switched back to Wednesdays. Okay. They they've they've done a, a few shuffles with the release date, but I think if there hadn't been Star Wars Celebration, they would have come out last Wednesday instead. The first one would have come out last Wednesday and we'd be getting episode two this coming Wednesday. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So Interesting. This, it's, it's June 1st is the next J- episode. June 1st is the date of Obi-Wan Kenobi part three. Yes. I'm so excited. I want to um, know. I, w- I want to know where he's going. I want to know what's up with Reva and the Inquisitors. I want to see if he could get Leia back safe or if they have to go on shenanigans. I'm so obsessed with Reva, guys. I can't wait to like, I'm so <laughs> excited. So we didn't exciting. even discuss her weird ass parkour. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my I was God. like, the, the parkour was just silly. I was like, this is goofy. I love it. <laughs> um, I had fun. This is just like such a fun episode. I feel like we didn't get to talk about so much of like the silly antics, but like this is such a fun, silly show. I can't imagine anyone has listened this deep into our podcast and is it like an avid Star Wars watcher. But if you aren't, if you're just listening because you know us and you're our friend, uh, please, please. I feel like Obi-Wan is such like a weird, but like kind of a good place to like, I would have like my sister watch Obi-Wan and she's never seen any Star Wars, you know? Yeah. I'm like, this is genuinely just like you could enjoy this. If you were a kid vaguely around our age, so you have some knowledge of the prequels and the basics of like Star Wars. Yeah, it's it it does. It works, honestly, I think in a similar way to the Mandalorian, where it is deeply entrenched in Star Wars lore, as you'll find out later, but also is weirdly user friendly. Yeah, yeah. Yeehaw, boys. Whereas like Bad Batch, I'd be like, this wouldn't make any fucking sense if you hadn't seen the other stuff, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So All right. next time, so next time on First Steps of Star Wars podcast, we watch Obi Wan Kenobi episode three. Yeah, and this is the first time really that we're gonna watch that. Like we've done the next on, and we don't know what's coming. It's the middle of a series. We've seen every shot in the trailer except the Fortress Inquisitors. Yeah. So we we genuinely even like Calvin and I who've watched all the trailers have no clue where this is going now. I'm so excited. I am so excited. We're waiting uh, we're, is terrible. We're 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 now we are the three Andy podcast now. <laughs> we're all virgins now. Okay. All right. Speak all right. for yourself. <laughs> I'm not the coughing. I'm sorry. I, I, right. I thought I was gonna laugh. And then, right. I couldn't, then I couldn't mute myself. <laughs> well, on that note, until next time, 
may the force be with you. Swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>